I know that it's only by Him allowing it because what I study and what I read and what I, what I give messages to you all about, I, I couldn't do it on my own. And as, as I look at what He's done in my life, I, I uh, thank you, Abba, Daddy. We'll call Him Abba, Father. If you'd like to turn to Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 35, when you get there, say word, word, Robert, that's on page 597 if you've got your Bible with you today. Mildred got it. (laughs) Thank you. 597. On my Bible, I don't know what page it is on yours. <laughs> Ezekiel 35. Ezekiel is before Hosea and Daniel. What after Jeremiah? You know, I, I believe in my heart. I believe that we're rushing toward the end times. I've been telling you all that for months. And, and as I see things happening, I, I can't help but think, God is showing us what's coming. God is showing us. I've told you all about this. How many more times do I have to tell you before you start learning? How many things do I have to show you before you believe the prophecies given, given in the Old Testament? Benjamin Netanyahu one time said, if Arabs put down their weapons today, there would be no more violence. If Jews put down their weapons today, there would be no more Israel. That's why we need to stand with Israel. You know, the Bible says that He'll bless those that bless Israel and curse those that curse Israel. You don't need to worry about blessing and cursing from God because you're saved. What you need to worry about is being sure that you're in line with His Word that He said to bless Israel. Ezekiel 35 really it sort of presents an interesting prophecy of a judgment against uh, Mount Seir and all of Edom. In the previous chapters, uh, 25 through 32, uh, they contain messages about judgment against the nations. Uh, one of these passages in Ezekiel 25, 12 through 14, which is a few pages back, is a specific prophecy against Edom. It says, Thus says the Lord God, because of what Edom did against the house of Judah by taking vengeance and has greatly offended by avenging itself on them, therefore, says the Lord God, I will also stretch out my hand against Edom, cut off man and beast from it, and make it desolate from Taman, Dedan shall fall by the sword. I will lay my vengeance upon Edom by the hand of my people Israel. And they may do in Edom according to my anger and according to my fury. And they shall know my vengeance, says the Lord God. You know, we don't like to think about God being angry and having fury and 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 having vengeance. But that was before the dispensation of grace. And he did. So, 
That was in 25.12. Why in verse in chapter 35 does, does God prophesy, is there prophesied another, another judgment against Edom? It should make you wonder if that's part of the end time prophecy. It should make you think, okay, is God wanting me to see something that I haven't seen? Is God wanting me to have a knowledge of something that I have not had a knowledge of? There is a perpetual and everlasting hatred that Edom has towards Israel. Sort of the background in Ezekiel 35, 1 through 4, uh, the Mount Seir, S-E-I-R, and the Edomites. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, set your face against Mount Seir, prophesy against it, say, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I am against you, Mount Seir, and I will stretch out my hand against you and make you a desolate waste. I will turn your, your towns into ruins and you will be desolate. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Mount Seir is a mountain range uh, located to the southeast of the Dead Sea. Uh, it's our modern day uh, Jordan, the country of Jordan. It's, uh, it's historically a country, an area against the Israelites. The Edomites, who are people of Mount Seir, are, per, are personified as people that hate Israel. The Edomites were descendants of Esau, Jacob, uh, Jacob's brother, and Edom was another name for Esau. Okay? In Easton's Bible Dictionary, which is a great reference, if you need to look some stuff up, it, it is a really strong reference. And it summarizes Edom and Edomites as, as at the time of the Exodus, they rudely refused permission to the Israelites to pass through their land. That's in Numbers chapter 20. And even afterwards, maintained an attitude of hostility toward them. They were conquered by David. In 2 Samuel 8 and 1 Kings uh, 9, and afterwards by Amaziah. But they regained their independence in later years during the decline of the Jewish kingdom. They made war against Israel. They took part of the Chaldeans when Nebuchadnezzar uh, captured Jerusalem, and later they invaded and held possession of, uh, of the south of Palestine as far as Hebron. In the, in the end, Edom fell under the growing power of the Chaldeans. Chaldeans were ruthless people. Ruthless. No morals. Killers. Destroyers. The region of Edom was, was given the name by the Greeks of Idumea. In 47 B.C. And listen, this, this is some really neat history that I saw and I hope you'll enjoy as I did in finding this out. In 47 B.C., Julius Caesar promoted an Idumean named Antipater as the ruler of for the Romans over Judea, Samaria, and Galilee. In 37 B.C., the Romans named uh, his son. Now this is an Idumean who is from Edom, okay? Are you following what I'm saying? The king over Israel and the son of Antipater was Herod. King Herod is an Edomite who is against Israel. So the Herods of the New Testament were Edomites. One of them killed the Jewish babies in his attempt to destroy Christ. Another Herod murdered John the Baptist and, and, and another one killed James, the, the brother of John. 
these, these quote-unquote almost Jews were, to the Roman mind, more comfortable than true Jews. They did not keep all the Jewish practices and beliefs, so it made them easier to be, to be ruled over. The Ottomans had five centuries of prior history in Israel by the time the arrival of the Messiah, Jesus, came. The conflict became, came at the time of Jacob and Esau continued to play out through the ages, through their descendants, Israel and Edom. The Herods who ruled the time of Jesus were Edomites and, and the conflict continued. So what happened to the Edomites? Well, one, on one thing, the history will say that they just disappeared as a group of people shortly after the first century A.D. But there's another side to that story too. And I believe that side of the story plays an important role in what we call the end times. A historian named Bill Salus uh, writes the following about the Edomites today. The Edomites were birthed in Edom, which is southern Jordan. A remnant of Edomites uh, res still reside in southern Jordan, but most migrated centuries ago into Israel and made Hebron their city. Hebron still exists today in the West Bank and is predominantly inhabited by Palestinians. Edomites are Palestinians. Around the time of Alexander the Great, the Edomites became known in the Greek language as Ottomans. And presently, the Edomite descendants uh, can be traced into the Palestinian ethnicity. Edomites, Ottomans, Palestinians. Although Palestinians are made up of various ethnicities, many of them are Esau's Edomite descendants. Ezekiel 35, 5-9 Because you harbored an ancient hostility and delivered the Israelites over to the sword at the time of their calamity, the time of punishment reached its climax. Therefore, as surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, I will give you over to bloodshed and it will pursue you. So you may, so you didn't, since you did not hate bloodshed, bloodshed will pursue you. You see, they did not hate, they loved killing. I will make Mount Seir desolate waste and cut it off, uh, and cut off, and cut off from it all who come and go. I will fill your mountains with the slain; those killed by the sword will will fall on your hills and in your valleys and in your ravines. I will make you a desolate forever. I will make you desolate forever. Your towns will not be inhabited. Then you will know that I am the Lord. God's judgment is on the ancient hostility against His people, which exists in the Edomites. The hatred goes right back to the initial conflicts between Sarah and Hagar, between Isaac and Ishmael, between Jacob and Esau, between Israel and Amalek or Edom. The Bible prophesied concerning the characters of Ishmael and Esau uh, in Genesis 6, 16, 11, and 12. The angel of the Lord also said to you, You are now with child and you will have a son. You will name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. Listen to this. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. The birth of Jacob and Esau, Genesis 25 
verses 22 and 23. The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. Only one will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. Now, I don't have this in my sermon notes, but, but think about this. From one birth, two nations. When people tell us that Israel is committing apartheid, and apartheid is ethnically cleansing, it cannot happen because of the same bloodline. Don't believe what CNN, MSNBC, whoever else is this far left is telling you. Don't believe what the pundits are saying about Israel having this desire to destroy all of, all of the Arabs. They're the same family. The character of Esau and his descendants is Genesis 27, 38-41. Esau said to his father, do you, have, do you have only one blessing? My father blessed me too, my father. Then Esau wept aloud. His father Isaac answered him, you, Your dwelling will be away from the earth's richness, away from the dew of heaven above, and you will live by the sword and you will serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. That's the beginning of the hostility. Ishmael is spoken of as one whose hand will be against everyone else and everyone will be, everyone's hand will be against him. He will live in hostility toward his brothers, which is Isaac and the Jewish descendants. Esau and his descendants will live by the sword and, and grow tired of playing second fiddle to his younger brother Jacob, who is named Israel. The hatred has now lasted 4,000 years. If you don't know, sometime I ask you to go and study the history of Muhammad in Islam. He tried to start it in, in a city, and they wouldn't follow him. They said he's crazy. And he went out into the wilderness, and he got some people to follow him, and they became rich by attacking caravans and killing people. They were feared because they killed everybody they contacted and took all they had. Can you see Ishmael? and the hatred of Israel and the Islam religion. So, <clears throat> so Ezekiel speaks of this ancient hostility. Other versions, <coughs> excuse me, translate this as everlasting enmity, perpetual hatred, and unrelenting hostility. The Hebrew word translated hostility is eba, and is used only four places in the Bible. It's used, it's, it is used of the enmity placed between the woman and the serpent, Genesis 3.15, the deliberate actions of a murderer, Numbers 35.21, of the hatred exhibited between two nations, toward, in two nations toward Israel. The Philistines, in Ezekiel 25.15, it says, the Philistines have acted in revenge and have taken the vengeance with scorn of the soul to destroy the everlasting enmity. Ezekiel 35.5, the Edomites. Because you harbored an ancient hostility and delivered the Israelites over to the sword. 
you know, we, we can't know for sure that all the Arab countries descended exactly because there's so much intermarriage between tribes and 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 every. But you know, even within there, there there's the Shiites and the there's two 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 basic beliefs in Islam, and they even hate each other. They blow up each other's mosques. You know, it, but we can't really say exactly. But I believe the Ishmael is is the father. But it's, it's really interesting. The perpetual or ancient hatred against Israel is only spoken about by the Philistines and the Edomites. The main, Philist, the main city of the Philistines. Are you ready? Gaza. It's a terrorist organization, Hamas, which they fire rockets into Israel. The West Bank is home to the Palestinians. It goes without saying that both are massive hotspots for Jewish hatred. So the ancient, everlasting hostility continues today. So, how's this manifesting today? Is is, the, is what I want you to understand. It's mostly through Islamic ideology. While the hatred well precedes the founding of Islam, Islamic ideology strengthens the hostility for it gives a, a so-called divine backing through the commands and acts of the Quran and the associated hadiths. Hadiths are, are written accounts uh, of the words and actions of Muhammad. So there's, there's the Quran, which is their form of what we trust as the Bible. And there's another thing called hadiths, which they read and it's just here's an example the prophet Muhammad said the day of judgment will not come until Muslims fight Jews when the Jews will hide behind stones and trees the stones and trees will say oh Muslims oh Abdullah there is a Jew behind me come and kill him therefore to be obedient to Muslim it is seen as a God given destiny to destroy Israel and the Jews. The fulfillment of all, the, all this, of all things, depends upon it being according to Muhammad. Everlasting hatred. Everlasting hatred. Here's a, a quote given by an Egyptian leader, a scholar, Muhammad Hussein Yaqub, which was on one of their television stations in uh, January of 2009. We must believe that our fighting with the Jews is eternal and it will not end until the final battle. You must believe that we will fight, defeat, and annihilate them. Not a single Jew remains on the face of the earth. As for you Jews, the curse of Allah upon you. The curse of Allah upon you whose ancestors were apes and pigs. You Jews have sown hatred in our hearts and we have bequeathed it to our children and grandchildren. You will not survive as long as a single one of us remains. O oh, Jews, may the curse of Allah be upon you. O oh, Jews, O oh, Allah, bring your wrath, punishment, and torment down upon them. Allah, we pray that you transform them again and make the Muslims rejoice again in seeing them as apes and pigs. You pigs of the earth. You pigs of the earth. You kill Muslims with that cold pig blood of yours. They're teaching their children everlasting hatred. Perpetuated from one generation to the next.
what would happen today if I said that about Muslims? <laughs> Ezekiel 35, 10, and 11 says, Because you have said, These two nations and countries will be ours, and we will take possession of them, even though I, the Lord, was there. Therefore, as surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, I will treat you in accordance with your anger and jealousy you showed in your hatred of them, but I will make myself known among them when I judge you. Church, understand, Allah and Jehovah are not the same person. They are not the same person. Allah is the moon god of a city. Jehovah is the creator of all things. So why is God going to pronounce judgment on Edom? Because they want the land of the Israelites. They want both the north and the south, the two countries. You know, Israel was, was, was Israel and Judah. They split for a while, okay? And it appears the prophecy to be fulfilled in the United Nations is trying to force the two-state solution upon Israel and the Palestinians. What they don't seem to take into account is that the Palestinians or the Muslims in general don't want a two-state solution. They want a one-state solution, the state of Palestine. Muslims believe that the entire land of Israel is Muslim land, dedicated to Allah, with no possible way of giving one inch to the Jews. Here's another quote from, from a, a Muslim authority in 2015. Is he addressed Muslim leaders from over 46 countries. Now, I don't know how you say the word. It's W-A-Q-F. The land of Palestine is Waq which means inalienable religious endowment in Islamic law. The land of Palestine is an inalienable religious endowment in Islamic law. It must not be relinquished nor in any part of it be sold. It is the duty of the leaders of Islam nation and its peoples to liberate Palestine and Jerusalem. It's stated clearly in the chapter of the Islamic resistance uh, movement, Hamas, it says the land, in Article 11, it says this land is that word consecrated for Muslim generations until Judgment Day. No one can renounce it or any part or abandon it or any part of it. In Article 15, it says Palestine is an Islamic land. Since, the, since this is the case, the liberation of Palestine is an individual duty for every Muslim, wherever he may be. The day of the enemies usurp part of Muslim land, jihad becomes the individual duty of every Muslim. In the face of the Jews' usurpation, it is compulsory that the banner of jihad be raised. Land given to Israel for former nation, uh, I think 1947, is that right? My mind's just sort of racing right now. In that time when Israel was formed, it's given to them this land, and the Muslims say, no, that's our land, and you'll never have it in peace. This everlasting desire to destroy the Jews and take possession of the entire land of Israel is only increasing in our day. It's foretold in the Bible. Psalms 83 speaks, speaks about this and, and uh, when the nations that come against Israel, which are the Ishmaelites and Edomites, it says, so 83, 1 through 12, so give me just a second to read all of it. 
Oh God, do not keep silent. Do not be quiet. Oh God, be not still. Show how your enemies are astir, how your foes rear their heads. With cunning they conspire against your people. They plot against those you cherish. Come, they say, let us destroy them as a nation that the name of Israel be remembered no more. With one mind they plot together. They form an alliance against you. The tenants of Edom and Ishmaelites, of Moab and the Hagrites, Gabal and Ammon, Amalek, Philistia, all with the people of Tyre, even Assyria has joined them to lend strength to the descendants of Lot. Make their nobles like Oreb and Zeb, all their princes like Ziba and Zalumna, who said, let us take possession of the pasture lands of God. The desire is to totally destroy Israel and take their land. We must stand with Israel. Those people who want a single state resolution for Islam, Joel 3, verses 1 and 2. In those days and at that time, I'll restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem. I'll gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I'll enter into judgment against them concerning my inheritance and my people Israel, for they are scattered, for they scattered my people among the nations and divided my up my land. The God of Israel is listening. In Ezekiel 35, 12-15 Then you will know that I, the Lord, have heard all the contemptible things you have said against the mountains of Israel. You said, they have been laid waste and have been given over to us to devour. You boasted against me and spoke against me without restraint and I heard it. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. While the whole earth rejoices, I will make you desolate. Now listen, you think about that. How many of our, of our government elected officials are rejoicing when Israel is losing battles? How many of them are saying, you know, we, we, we need them to be defeated. We need them to be destroyed. They act like being a Zionist is a bad thing. I'm a Zionist, I'm a nationalist. You know, thank you. (laughs) I support Israel. I believe America first. It's why my blood runs red. Mm. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. While the whole earth rejoices, I will make you desolate because you rejoiced when the inheritance of the house of Israel became desolate. That is how I will treat you. You will be desolate, O Mount Seir, you and all of Edom. They, then they will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel 35 ends with a clear thought that, that the God of Israel is listening. He's hearing everything all these people are saying against Israel. He knows who the enemies are. He listens to what the United Nations is trying to do. He is not impressed. Too many people think they can do secret deals behind closed doors 
that God will not know about. They want them to give up more land. You know, the pre-1967 Six-Day War, God is watching and He is listening to what we're doing. Let me, let me just say this, and, and I've got a Facebook friend, an old college fraternity brother, that rails on everything conservative. The Republicans voted against this, voted against this, voted against this. Do not take anything except the Word of God at face value. I want you all to understand, when, when our government is making deals, like they're trying to pass a bill, there are what they call riders attached to that. And, and a rider could be exactly opposite of what that bill is trying to achieve. The rider could be detrimental to this country. It could be so many bad things. And they say, well, so-and-so voted against this. We don't know what the riders that were attached to it are. So don't take it at face value that somebody voted against something you wanted them to vote for. Okay? Does that make sense? When I, when I was writing this and I, I thought about the deals behind closed doors, I think the attack, the attack upon the Capitol was, was not acceptable at all. Not acceptable. And somebody in, in, in my friends was, was talking about the insurrection, about this and about that. My friends, let me, let me tell you something. As crooked as so many people that work in that Capitol building are, I cannot consider that sacred ground in this country. If, it was, if they were all that good of people, why do they go in like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, can't afford the rent in, in, in Washington, D.C., and two years later buying a $70,000 Tesla? Don't take it at face value. Okay? I'm off my political soapbox. <laughs> It's interesting that the Lord hears the contemptible things spoken against the mountains of Israel. The, the mountains of Israel in ancient days of Judea and Samaria. That's, uh, today is known as the West Bank. It's claimed by the Palestinians called Occupied Territory. Occupied. Notice too it says, You boasted against me and spoke against me without restraint, and I heard it. Not only is God listening to those things against Israel, He's also hearing things against Him. There's no doubt about it. What we see taking place is a spiritual battle. Jehovah against the world. Jehovah's followers against the followers of darkness. The enemies of Israel not only despise the Jews, they despise the God of the Jews. Every cry of Allah Akbar is not saying Allah is great, but Allah is greater. It's promoting Allah is greater than Yahweh, the God of Israel. And the God of Israel and the God of Islam are on a collision course. And I can tell you, I've read the end of the book. I know who wins. Understand, this judgment is coming. God does not hate the Palestinians. If you don't know, 
uh, uh, Islamic people are converting to Christianity in record numbers. When they pray to Allah and nothing happens and they hear the Word of God and they pray to God and to Jesus and Jesus shows up, they're having visible sightings of Jesus in the Middle East. Lives are being changed. He's given them the opportunity before this judgment comes to be converted, to be able to spend eternity with heaven, in heaven with us. It's not, the, uh, it's not that He hates anyone, but He will not accept those who do not accept Him. God's love is not conditional. Simply because there will be a judgment does not mean that He does not love all people and revealing Himself to all people. If you notice in, in verses 4, 9, and 15, at the end it says, Then you will know that I am the Lord. And it's not just the Arabs. The Jewish people are, are, are receiving the Messiah. Kimberly and I were talking about a, a rabbi that is really teaching some great stuff. Um, I believe it's Shobel or Sobel. Sobel. And, and he's, he's, just, he's laying it out here for us to understand what, what's happening, what's going on. God's going to show Himself through the coming judgment. There's going to be a conflict. God wins. Can I tell you He's never lost? Hey, did you know that? He never lost. Hmm. Hmm. People will see who the true God and the false God is. He will use this judgment to the good of those who are willing to repent. He cares as much about the Arabs as He does anyone else. He cares so much for, the, for them that are currently blinded by Islam. even though many of them have perpetuated the ancient hatred, there are others who are simply blinded. Someone asked me when I was talking about being a Christian, what if you'd been born in the Middle East? What would you be? I said, lost. <laughs> you know. That's, I mean, it's not really a hard question. I might not know it. I didn't know I was lost for 40 years, but I was. I mean, some of you are old enough to remember this. Do you remember when they had the bumper stickers in the 70s said, I found it? And a few of us that were smart like said, I never lost it. <laughs> I lost it, but I, but I got it back. Pray for those that are blinded by false religion. Let them see who the true God is. God's going to discern the hearts of His people, the hearts of the world. And when this great judgment comes, He will know who's His. Let us be found sitting on the Father's side. Father, thank You for this day and thank You for Your blessings. 
Lord, help us to understand the prophecies and, and the writings so that we may be seeing Your, your, your challenges and, and, and Your words that are coming forth, Lord. Let us not be ignorant to what You're doing, blinded by our own uh, lack of knowledge or inability to learn, but open our minds, our eyes, and our hearts, Lord, that we may know what You're telling us in these end times. Father, to you be all the glory, honor, and praise. And we do this in Jesus' name. As we end this service, we say, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.